Hold on to your seats and noses, folks, because you're listening to the No Farting Around Show. We're all about taking your marketing from the toilet to the bank. I'm your host, Ashley Mae Fernandez, and each episode I plunge into the depths of marketing to bring you fresh perspectives that are deadly but not silent. So if you're ready to stop farting around and make your profits rip, let's cut to the cheese and get on with the show. Ah, hello, everyone. I have a really awesome guest here today with me, and I was just telling him before we jumped on how I fangirled him a little bit from afar. Um, he actually worked with a one-on-one coach that I had previously worked with, and I watched a masterclass of his and implemented one thing, and it was game changers. So I was telling him I was so excited to have him on the show, and we are talking about a really juicy topic today, but before I even reveal the topic. I'm just going to turn it over to you, Spencer, to introduce yourself really quickly and just let everyone know who you are and what you do. And then we'll jump right into the topic. Awesome. Well, I'll make it, I'll make it quick because I'm very excited to jump in with you. <laughs> so I'm Spencer Burnett. I've been a serial entrepreneur since I was eight years old legitimately like having a legitimate business since I was 17. And I specialize in deconstructing the psychology and the minds and the functionality of humans so they can use systems in order for them to scale their businesses. And instead of using technology as, a, as like a tool, it really should be used as an extension of the way you naturally behave. And so mm. I have created a, a bunch of different methods that kind of rival traditional uh, project management philosophy. I think that daily huddles are stupid. I think that this, I think that the scrum method and all of the project management systems are archaic. They used to work, but so did MS-DOS and TI-83 calculators. We use iPhones now. Oh, TI-83. So, yeah, you like that? <laughs> I remember those calculators, yeah. <laughs> and it's my intention to be able to create systems for people that are similar to the iPhone. I want you to think about this, okay? You remember the TI-83 yeah. and the TI-83 came with a, back in my day it was TI-81, but it came with an instructional manual that was like 200 oh pages. Uh-huh. It was ridiculous. And I also remember the first iPhone because I sat in line for seven and a half hours to get it. And when I received it, when I noticed the instructional manual, I was taken back because there wasn't one. And now I was getting my hair cut last week and I see a two-year-old on an iPhone just playing games. No mm-hmm. instructional manual, the most advanced piece of technology humanity has ever, has ever seen, and it just works. It's an extension yeah. of the way that we think, the way that we think should th- uh, things should work. So mm-hmm. it contributes to our lives instead of us fitting ourselves and trying to figure out how it works. And that's what I do for people in their businesses and in their relationships and in their mindset so they can bring their gifts and creativity and the, the value that they have to for society, for the world, and get it out there and scale it. I love every single thing that you just said. I, you probably don't even know this, but I'm a certified hypnotherapist and NLP practitioner. So I am so fascinated with the way that our brains operate, just even the way that you say things, the words that you say, and just even when you were just talking, I was like, wow, that is so true. And it is like a, it's a system, it's a process. And my four-year-old can work the iPhone better than I think I can, Like I'm not even joking. And she can get, she can unlock my phone, 
go to YouTube, type in what she wants to do. Like she, she not type it, but she'll hit the, the Siri and say it and it'll come up on YouTube. And I'm like, like, how did you do that? And we have an Alexa too. And she'll just go up and start asking Alexa, Hey Alexa, and start asking questions. Play it's, it's insane, but that's so true. You're right. I don't even remember. Yeah. There was no manual, but yeah, I love that. And you guys are going to love the topic that we're talking about. And I asked him, I was like, did you mean to actually word it? Yeah. And I was like, okay. Also, I'm so excited. So we're going to be talking about how to procrastinate, overcommit, and people please to get more done in your business. Yes, I did say that. How to procrastinate, overcommit, and people please to get more done in your business. And I always ask all of my guests, like, what is something that's commonly said in your industry that you do not agree with? And I loved Spencer because he said, shame is a bad thing. You know what? I'm just going to let, I'm just going to turn it. I'm not even going to ask you a question, Spencer. I'm going to turn it over. And I like, just want you to just start talking about anything to do with that, because I'm just so interested to hear your take on why you don't believe shame is bad and about procrastination, about people pleasing. Um, yeah. Let's hear all of your thoughts on these. I'm just going to literally sit here and listen. All right. All, all of my thoughts. This is going to be a 10 part series. Let's start with the shame thing. The reason shame is bad is because we take it personal. It's so interesting how people say that they don't like stress. They don't like shame. They don't like uh, that feeling of impending doom, but yet every movie ever that you ever watched had some type of crisis in it. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I thought you didn't like crisis. When you see teenagers or even grown ass adults, play video games, they're playing like first person shooter games. Like you're going to die, but for some reason they love it. Now, I thought that we didn't, I thought we, we feared these things. No, we don't. We just take things very personally. It just mm -hmm. hits the ego. And if you can remove the ego from the negativity, what is left? And shame minus taking it personally equals wisdom because all that negativity is and all that shame is is a tap on your the shoulder of your consciousness that says a you need to do it a little differently and we get oh. indicators through the emotions of other people of hey you let me down that hurt mm -hmm. and now we feel this shame and again we we take it personally and now we start to value ourselves differently because of this emotion mm -hmm. but if you loved yourself the same and you knew who you were, no matter what, and you humbly just listened to that emotion is, wow, I really upset you. Then we have an opportunity for resolution. I will give you one example. Our dear friend, Cam. Ooh, here we go, Cam. Happy and listening. he would be okay with me sharing this story. So I have a philosophy of conflict first. If we're having a meeting, don't wait till the end of the meeting and be like, okay, by the way, Spencer, no, first thing in the meeting. So Cam shows up eight minutes late and I'm the type of person that waits to the clock like 8.59 and 58 seconds, 59 seconds and I hit the button, right? Shows up eight minutes late, meeting of six people. And so he shows up and I was like, okay, welcome Cam. I wanna know how much shame are you feeling right now that you're late? Scale of one to 10, he's a seven. I said, okay, why were you late? 
He's like, I overslept. So why did you oversleep? He's like, I stayed up late last night watching some Netflix and just, I, I got caught in the spiral and I overslept. And I said, what's the solution? And he said, I got to stop watching Netflix. And I said, no, you don't because your soul deserves some sweets, some simple sugars. And that's what like consuming that type of media is. It's, it's the simple sugars of life, right? We just hand our consciousness over to Netflix and we get to numb out. And the reason we want this is because we worked so hard. And so I said, Cam, instead of just being like, oh my gosh, Netflix bad, feel the shame. How about this? Our meeting is on Thursday. So on Wednesday night, I want you from 9 p.m. to midnight to book out in your calendar, Netflix time. And I swear to God, if you do work during that time or you're efficient during that time or you do anything outside of that, like wrong. Once midnight hits, be done, get your eight hours, wake up, come to here. Cause your soul, like your soul needs fuel too. It's not a bad thing. So let's give yeah. to the monster. <clears throat> let's give to the monster on your terms and then come back. Is that, does that, how does that feel? That feels good. Okay. A scale of one to 10, how much shame are you feeling? He's two. So now because we expose the shame in front of everybody on the meeting, and then instead of trying to destroy the monster, ah, no more Netflix. It was like, no, let's get, let's give to every entity in our consciousness and let's do it on our terms. And so if it was like, if I would have handled it like the traditional way, which is just run the meeting, don't say anything. And then afterwards, Cam, can you stay on for a little bit? All right, everybody, I'll mm -hmm. see you later for the meeting. Cam, can you stay on for a little bit? Hey, look, man, three strikes, you're out. And I just perpetuate the shame instead of bringing it to light. Now that causes a riff in our relationship. But how do you think our relationship went after I kindly addressed his shame? Like literally the first question was like, how much shame are you feeling? And so that's why, it, that's why it's important. It creates opportunity. We just take things personally. Yeah, you're right. We always make everything personal and make up these stories and especially around shame. I love that you, that that was the one thing that you chose because I think shame is really something that we don't quite understand that we are feeling a lot of the times only due to what we're thinking. It, it, humans are meaning-making machines. And the cool thing yeah. about humans is we're the only creatures on the planet that get to choose what things mean to them. Yes. It, it, animals like dog hears loud noise, thinks danger. The dog can't change its mind. It's, it's built into their, their DNA. It's built into their instinct to, to be afraid of loud sounds, but humans can. And so that's why it's so important to, to train the mind to be able to interact with both positive and negative emotions mm -hmm. in order to move your agenda forward. And when you, you, when know, you master that, you can create anything. Yeah. You said something around systems and processes and all that. And I, I, I had this thought when you were saying that, because I had someone tell me a really long time ago that a lot of the reasons why we don't reach our goal is not a lack of knowing how to do anything, not a system, not a process. It's literally us having a negative emotion and operating from a place of we're always trying to get rid of a negative emotion. And when we are trying to get rid of a negative emotion, we will immediately go into panic, which is also a negative emotion. And then we start taking action from this like scarcity, this like panic because we feel anxious or because we, we don't feel good enough and all these different things. And 
that always opened my mind so much because um, I think she had said, you never reach a goal because you're always trying to get something that you don't already have. And because you don't already have it, you're making it mean that you're not capable of getting it. And you're making it mean something negative and you're having a lot of negative emotion. And then you're trying to resist the negative emotion. <laughs> so then you're not reaching the goal and it's this circle. And I yeah. just laughed really hard. And, and she had told me to do this exercise, which was so eye-opening. And because everyone wants to know the how, okay, well, what process do I do? What strategy do I need? Well, you know, all these to get this goal. And she said, write a list of everything that you want and you know, and go write everything. She said, now, how many of those things on that list do you already have? And I looked at her and she was like, of course you wrote down everything that you don't already have because you're trying to gain something from lack, not from abundance. Do you already have things right now? Do you already have them and you still want them? And I was like, heck yeah. And I was like, yeah, I want a husband. I have an amazing husband. I want, right. you know, a house. Yeah. I have an amazing house. Yeah. And she was like, that's the thing is that you're always trying to avoid this negative emotion. And you think if I have, if I reach this goal, then I won't feel negative anymore. And she's like, but you're just creating a negative emotion out of a negative emotion. So when you were talking about systems and processes and everything, I, I feel maybe I'm wrong on this, but I feel like a lot of times as entrepreneurs, our minds immediately go to a strategy or a process in order to reach, reach a goal. And then we all, we have all this shame around it. Like we are not reached it yet, or I have to reach this goal to make it mean something about me. It'll personally mean that I'm successful if I reach this goal and all that. I don't know what you think about that, but that's where my mind went, especially even when I talk to people, it's when they think of systems and processes, it almost goes more into a okay, I need to get away from a negative emotion. And that's why I need this system. That's why I need this process. Mm -hmm. And the topic we were even talking about is procrastination, overcommitment, and people pleasing. And those are all negative, essentially all negative things. I'm going to do quotations okay. because it is what you think about it. Yeah. I don't know what your take is on that, but is there a reason why maybe you specifically chose to say like how you can use procrastination, people pleasing, to get more stuff done? Is it, does it have like a correlation with maybe sitting in that negative feeling or that negative emotion? Yeah. Cause yeah, I, for people that are like, create from a place of abundance, create from a place of abundance. Yes. That's very useful, but don't create from a place of stress. Totally disagree. Totally. Mm. Because if, if you're like, ah, stress, got to switch my mindset to, to abundance. The, the amount of energy that that takes to hold that frame, even though the pain is knocking on the door. How about this? Invite that thing in and just make it work for you. Much easier. And so it's oh, like this. Yeah. With, Let's hear with, it. the, with the procrastination, it's uh, it crazy because I was so addicted to procrastination. And I'm like, okay, this thing's got to get done. This thing's got to get done. This thing's got to get done. And I'm thinking I'm stressed out because this thing's not, mm -hmm. I'm supposed to do it by Friday. And, and now like Friday morning's coming up now the afternoon, I'm like, oh shit, I'm not going to get this done. And then suddenly I'm like, you know what? It's, I was supposed to do it on Friday. It's due on Monday. I'm going to wake up real early on Monday. <laughs> and you, you feel me? You've been there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to wake yeah. up real early on Friday or Monday, and I'm going to get it done. And then suddenly I feel better. And I'm, I'm like trying to figure this out. How do I feel better about the stress of something not being done if it's not done? 
what then there's the math doesn't add up. Shouldn't I only feel better once it's complete? But when I procrastinate and I place it into the future and I create certainty, I'm waking up in the morning, I, I suddenly feel good. And so I'm like, what is the stress? The stress is I have a fear that, and I have zero trust that this thing's going to get done. But once I had a plan, I put it in place in the future and I fully believed it will get done. All of a sudden the stress went away. And I'm like, wait a minute, putting a task that needs to be done in the future on my calendar and then committing for it to be done. That's just planning. And I'm like, so all that, <laughs> all that procrastination is reactive planning. So the, so if procrastination is to put something in the future to alleviate the stress of it needing to be done now, then why don't I just take the reactive part out of it and put in the preemptive part into it. And then on Monday, I'll sit there and let's say you got a clean plate on Monday, no stress about things needing to get done. I sit on Monday and I take a look at everything that needs to be done. And I call in the stress, Hey, stress, where are you at? So I look at the calendar. I look at all my shit. And I'm like, okay. Oh my gosh. I've got to, I got to write that sales page. I hate writing sales pages. My God. Oh, I do I too, write, actually. I don't, like I've delegated that out now. I don't do that shit. Anymore. Oh. But it's okay. I got to write that sales page. All right. It's got to be done by Friday. You know what? I'm just going to schedule for tomorrow on Tuesday. Give myself a little buffer and I'm going to, and I'm going to commit to it. And I'm going to show up into a focus <clears> session <throat> where I've got coaches that are holding you accountable to complete something in the time box that you committed to. And, and I'm going to, and I'm going to get it done. Okay, great. I called in the stress and I chase stress and create solutions before stress chases me. And so I'm not like, mm. oh, I, need, I don't need to procrastinate. No, I need to procrastinate preemptively. So I'm mm. not going to take away like that, that the nature of me stressing out over things. I'm going to sit down and be like, hey, stress, come here. Tell me you need to do the sales page. You've been needing to do it for two weeks. Oh, that hurts. Not as much as two hours before the deadline hurts, but it hurts. I sensitize myself to the stress. So I call it in. And so instead of, oh, how do I stop procrastinating? No, no, no don't stop. Do it better do it preemptively and it will absolutely change your life. That is so genius. I actually had someone say this to me one time and I say it to my clients quite often because I used to say, I do my best work the last minute. And she goes, no, that's just when you do your work. <laughs> exactly. How much do you get done when it's a fire drill? Oh, <laughs> right? it, seriously. Okay. So the pressure and stress helps you get it done. So why would you want to take that away? Yeah. Instead, don't it was so binge on it. Just eat it yeah. a little bit. I just remember like that statement. And I was like, oh, and just what you're saying. Okay. If you do your best work at the last minute, when you feel challenged, just move it to another time and create that. That's so, exactly what you just said. But when she said, no, you don't do your best work at the last minute. That's just when you do your work. <laughs> I love it. It was this like, this aha moment of, oh my God, you're exactly right. Like you're totally right. So I will say very much to what you're saying, I have somewhat of a process, but uh, this was actually from Brooke Castillo. She's a live coach and she calls it Monday hour one. And you basically, the very first hour you sit down and you literally don't 
everything out of your brain that you need to get done that day or that week, sorry, that week. And then you just write, even if it's a 10 minute thing, I send this email, it's going to take me five minutes. I have to put it on the calendar. And I just go in, I, I pull up my Google calendar and I just write, put in all the tasks for Sunday and then I move it around in my calendar and just very much like what you were saying, if I knew, if I know something's due on Thursday, I don't wait until Wednesday to do it. I'll move it to Tuesday, but I only give myself like a 20 minute block to do it. And then I have to move to the next task. And so I'm still creating that like sense of urgency almost yes. um, because I'm like, you only have 20 minutes to get this done and you have to get it done within the 20 minutes, even though it's due on Thursday, like I'm still very similar to what you're doing. And then her concept is Friday hour done. And so then you sit down the last hour on Friday and you rate like everything that you did. So for example, let's say that task actually I allotted 20 minutes, but it only took me 15 minutes. But like next week I'm scheduling it for 15 minutes. Mm. So it's making me more of, oh, now you only have 15 minutes to get it done. But her whole concept was the Parkinson's law. Like you will fill the time that you have. If you say, this is going to take me 30 minutes, you will spend 30 minutes getting that done. Right. And yeah. I was like, oh man, that's so great. So very similar to what you're saying, but I just, that one phrase was like, oh, <laughs> but I was like over here thinking like, I have to wait to the last minute because that's when I get my best work done. And you know, that's just when you get your work done. And so it's changed the definition of what last minute means in your brain. Yes, 100%. So I would even love to talk about, we talked about procrastination. And so you mentioned overcommitment and people pleasing. I would love to talk about people pleasing because this is something I swear that I see so many people almost even put it on as an identity. So I'm not even, I'm going to like shut my mouth and just hear all of your thoughts on that. Cause I'm so curious to know how you use that to your advantage. So People say I'm a people pleaser and the, and it's like you said, I can't say no. And often they feel the solution is I just need to not care what people think. And Mm. that's mm, the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. So (laughs) here's why humans are pack animals. Mm -hmm. I I, I also heard this from a client. She's I just want to do everything on my own. I'm like, really? I'm like, careful, King Midas, what you wish for. And she's, yes, I want to do everything on my own. I'm like, great, wish is my command. Leave your house, shut off your internet and your electricity because another human did that for you, okay? So relax, we are dependent. I don't want to be dependent on people too bad. I'm sorry, then throw your iPhone in the garbage and the paved roads that you walk on. Like basically just go, basically you got to go to the jungle, right? Yeah. As we talked about before, you don't want to go. And so it's, I don't want to be a people pleaser. I don't want to care what people think. Yes, you do. Cause I'll tell you what, I give a shit what my mother thinks of me. I really do. And I used to get so frustrated in my early twenties. I remember I was 20 years old and this is in 2002 and I did my first $25,000 month. Okay. 20 years old. And again, 2002, $25,000 is a lot more money than it is uh, today. And my mom was thoroughly not impressed. And I'm like, I'm so smart. I'm so successful. I'm so charming. Like, why are you not impressed by me? My mom told me this. 
She's someone could bust up your pretty little face. Someone could twist your words and all of a sudden you're not so charming. And someone can take all of your money. What I'm impressed by is how do you love people? How is your relationship with yourself, with the creator, the universe, God, whatever you want to call it? What are the quality of the relationships and the contributions that you make? Suddenly, my just need for her approval, the settings changed. Oh, I want you to be proud of me. Okay, I'm going to change what I value in myself. And holy shit, because I would have turned out to be an asshole at 20 years old, <laughs> thinking that it thinking that it was like money and trips. And this is before Instagram. Oh my, I would have been just the biggest Instagram asshole. Money next to my oh, car, my car. And all, all yeah. this shit, like blah, 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 <laughs> blah, blah. <laughs> just crap. But instead of being like, I don't care what you think. Again, like a dick. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. You're fine. <laughs> Listen, I, lo I love it. I'm a All right, like, cool, yeah, cool. I, I, Go ahead. I used to be, I used to be a dating and sex coach. So this is like level two for me. So I'm telling it down. Oh God, uh, so, so and so I changed, I changed the way that I, the values based on the person I admired. People please. Then all of a sudden I joined a mastermind. And the very first mastermind I joined was uh, with this guy, Alex Moscow, one of my dear friends. And he held me to a higher standard. I was charging like a thousand dollars a month for one-on-one -on -one coaching at the time. And he's We've like, all been there. He, yeah, right. He's <laughs> no, I, it, it, he's you're worth more than that. And the way that you're delivering this, this program is the reason that you're the reason that you suck. And I'm like, and I, I'm, I'm like, first of all, this guy's eight years younger than me. Second of all, I'm like, yo, I've been an entrepreneur for 20 years. Watch yourself. I could have been thinking this way, but I didn't. And so instead I let this community of people tell me that I was something other than I thought that I was. And I fought to meet their approval because they were mm. at, they were at a level that I wanted to be and their values were so identical to mine. And so I surround myself with people that have the same values that are in a place that, that, that I want to strive to be. And I worked hard to show up with my wins. Hey guys, I just did a, I just did a weekend with a guy, with, with the guy teaching him like dating and stuff like that for six grand. Holy shit. Are you proud of me now? Now this doesn't like compute in my mind is if they don't approve of me, I don't approve of myself. No, my value comes from my reflections of my integrity mm. Are my intentions, commitments, and actions, all the same thing. Am I, what are my intentions? That's all you need to know for self-worth. And as long as I'm doing that, then people pleasing rises me up. The thing is, the problem is trying to please everybody. Mm. You need to choose the people you want to please and tell everyone else to go kick rocks. So instead of being like, oh, I don't care what people think. Yeah, you should. Or else you're going to, you're going to have growth in a vacuum with no particular purpose and growth without purpose and direction is cancer. Like by definition, that's what cancer cells are. And so- that, so it's don't, again, don't change the functionality, just change the settings. That was so good. I'm over here. Oh my gosh. It's so true. And as you were talking and you're talking about this mastermind you ran and people raising you up, 
my immediate feeling in my body, I have had so many people over the years tell me, Cam being one, you're playing so freaking small. You're playing so small. Like you are so, like, you're so good at what you do. You need to be charging more. You need to be doing all this, right? And it was, it, I've almost, as you said, you're looking at people pleasing of like trying to rise to their expectation of you or your standard of you. And every time someone said you're playing too small, I'd always be like, I know, but then I would never actually believe them. I know that sounds terrible, but I'd be like, no, I don't, they're just saying that to be nice, all these things. So like, as soon as you said that, I was like, wow, no, it really is that they see something in me and I need to rise to be able to see that too. And then when you said values, that's what really got me. Because, and you said, I surround myself with people who have the same values as me. They're just at a higher level. That was so good because I just had an experience happen to me where I had been, I had a mentor that was at a higher level than me, but our values were completely off. And it was I felt, and I even talked about this, I felt like I was letting a blind person proofread my vision. So it was like, I had this vision of what I wanted for my life, for my business, based off of my values. My values, I really care about what my husband, again, like I care what my husband thinks about me. I care what my children think about me. Family is really big to me. It comes first. And it, it didn't align. And so it was like the strategy and the mentoring that was being given to me was not in alignment with my value. Like our values were so off. And so when you said that, that was like, dang, but I also felt that I had to please and meet that person's standards, but the values were off. So it always felt out of alignment for me. So that was such a good distinction. I'm like over here, oh my God, that's what it was. That was the disconnect is that we were trying to reach the same level, but your values of how you wanted to reach that were completely different than my values. And I was trying to take a strategy that you created off of your values to reach that goal. And it was not in alignment with me. Right, exactly. Values are the vehicle of which your success travels. And I'm going to, I'm absolutely not going to take pilot lessons from someone who drives a boat. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah. uh, Two very different things. So, and it, oh, I love that too. And it's actually funny because after I I separated from that, when I had that realization and I was like, yeah, this is maybe not the the place for me. I, I really started to pay attention, not more so what was the expert, like, who was an authority in their space. It was more so who's at the left, like exactly what you said, who's at the level I want to be, but really values what I value. And that's where I started paying attention versus in the past. It was like, oh, who is someone who is at a higher level than me? And they actually have a really great strategy to get there. I didn't even care about strategy. Like I was like, no, I don't even want the strategy. I just want the support. And I I have this phrase that I I heard a really long time ago and I, I use it all the time. It's the who before the how. Like you have to be the who before the how. And so when you were like the values, I feel like the value is the core of who you are. And if you don't align with someone else with who they are, their how is never going to align with you. Anyways, I love that. God, that was so good. I was over here like, 
I'm going to have to listen to this again and take notes. Oh my God, that was so good. So yeah, so recovered people pleasing, recovered procrastination, and then overcommitment. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. And then we, we can wrap it up since we're right at the top of the hour. So I would love to know what, how do you look at that in a positive light of like overcommitment? When people identify a lot of times that they, it's not an overcommitment issue, it's a people pleasing issue. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, they, yeah. They, they think that it's, I like, I, I just want to, I just want to contribute so much. So I can, I just commit to everything. And so there's only 24 hours in a day. Okay. Everybody gets the same thing. So you can only, the only thing that you can do is, or pardon, the way that you get things done is to allocate your attention to it. And again, you get 24 hours of attention in a single day. And so instead of spreading yourself thin with the quantity of the commitment, you want to go narrow. And so if you commit to, if you commit to 10 different things and you only have so much energy, you've got to allocate 10% of your energy to all of those things. But if you commit just to one thing, then you can commit 100% of your energy Mm -hmm. to that, to the thing. So overcommitment is if you want to contribute, you have to choose the things that you commit to, but you have to go hard in the paint. You need to be relentless to those, to those things. So it's a quality over quantity mentality of commitment. Okay. So every single day we, I have all of my clients, myself, my team, everybody picks one critical task of the day. So, mm-hmm. because the success of your business is really not accomplished through a million little tasks. It's usually mm-hmm. just a handful of like really impactful things. So you need to decipher what those things are and you need to be, you need to be an animal. You need to be a pit bull, like grip it by the neck and shake it till it submits and never let go. Be willing to die. So when that thing is on your calendar, be willing to die. You want to talk about commitment? Seriously, like with, I think it's a pit bull, like they lock their jaws and you literally Mm -hmm. have to kill them in order to get them to let go. And so one task every day, it will take hour, maybe two. And get you guarantee that it will be done. It is like as important as a, a meeting with your childhood hero. Like you're not going to miss it. Okay. And so when you over, when you overly commit again, relentless to this one thing, I want you to think about it every day you commit to that one thing, the most impactful thing in your business. And like you ask yourself, if I only had two hours to work today and I could not work any, do anything else, what would I do? I want you to imagine the next seven things that would be really impactful for your business, okay? And if it was a guarantee that all of those got done, what would your business look like? Now do that for a hundred days. Two hours, it's all you get. It's the most impactful thing. And it's guaranteed to get done. How much do you believe in the success of your business if there's a guarantee of, a guarantee of execution? And so that's the thing is like you, you commit hard to, to one thing, right? Floyd, he's super flashy. He'll go to the club and blow tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars on, on a champagne and bottle service. Do you know he doesn't drink? 
<laughs> Seriously, he will d- go put on his show and dude at 4 a.m. will go for a run and then hit the speed bag. Again, over commitment. Stupid, re- unreasonable. But it's not that for, it's not that for, ever. it's for the one thing. That's how you become 50 and 0 and have a couple billion in the bank. Now, I'm not saying I, I approve of his, you know, demeanor. Yeah. His shtick is, is pretty good. But, like, the, how do you think he got there? Again, it's just that, that, re, that relentlessness. And so, in, in ter- so turn your idea of overcommitting from wide to narrow mm. and turn the, turn the I want to do a little bit of everything to that singular focus. And everything okay. from your offer to, gosh, when I see entrepreneurs, when I'm like, ask entrepreneurs, so what do you do? Well, I do a little bit of everything. Uh, that means I've got three businesses. Scream. Are any oh. one of those businesses doing five mil a year? Okay, then that means you have no faith <laughs> in, in <laughs> any of those businesses. So again, stop it, choose one thing and go deep. Yes. So here's my follow-up question for that because I, I like to think of a mindset of like, okay, I love a healthy debate. So I'm like, what would someone ask in this question? So you're saying stick to one thing and make sure that it gets executed. Now, my question for you is how would you make sure that what you're actually executing was something that was going to get you to a result? Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Perfect. (laughs) By doing your quarterly planning, every single quarter you say, all right, how much money do we want to make? How many units do we got to sell? What are the marketing channels and vehicles of which we're going to sell those things? What projects do we need to work on to improve our business? What new habits do our company need, need to take it, it take in? And what are the values of the company? Now, when someone asks you, can I do this? You're like, give me one second. Is that pointing towards, my, is this going to help me accomplish these things? No, sorry, I can't do it. The thing is nobody... Nobody does that. Nobody does that. No. Nobody. Again, again, that's not an issue. That's not a commitment issue. That is a confusion issue. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's, I just did it anyway. That's because you're running around blind and you're people pleasing. That's not an overcommitment issue. You think it. And so if you, you, if if you want to see, if you want to see the past 18 months, every single quarterly plan in, in terms of the new habits, we want the company to have the, the, the profits, the, the revenue, the new projects. And, and, and initiatives and our values. Like I re I do that and I revisit it every single month to be like, how are we doing? How are we doing on this? And over the past okay. 18 months, we've hit our mark 100%. We've hit our mark every single quarter because we plan well, we aim precisely on Mondays. We, we proactively procrastinate Every single day, we choose that most important thing that's going to help us get towards the, that thing that we plan for the quarter. And then we, and then in terms of people pleasing, my team members, my clients that share my values, I'm constantly trying to please them. Now, that doesn't mean that I ignore myself. That's another value. That's a value that we have. It's like you, be, you come before the company. So I try to please my whole team by living that value because we all have that value. And then it, it's just a matter of, your intentions, commitments, actions, all being the same thing. And so that becomes the only thing I measure is integrity. Because when, the, plan, so when the plan's in place, the support is there, the, 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 it, and, the, and you've allocated the time, it's just, did you do what you intended to do? So good. I know, I wanted to ask that question because 
I literally, I don't hate the term, but I, I hate that in the entrepreneur space, everyone's like, work smarter, not harder. And I'm like, but you guys don't actually know what smarter is. So you're just working harder on tasks that aren't smarter. And I'm like over here, like what? And so anyways, I'm so glad that you do that because that's like, I make all of my clients. I don't even, I'm not like a business coach. I literally help my clients with messaging, but the messaging doesn't matter if the way you're marketing is not getting to the person. So I have all of my clients basically do a reverse engineer from their goal and their offer, and they have to track it. Like we're going to track it. We need to know what are the things you need to be doing every single day, every single week. And you have to rate yourself every single day on how you felt. Like, do, do, did you feel today was a seven? Do you feel today was an eight? And if it is lower than a 10, you have to make a plan for the next day. Yeah. Like you have to legit say, okay, I showed up eight minutes late to my call. Tomorrow, I'm going to make sure I set an alarm for five minutes before my call. So I am ready to go on the call. You have to legit make a plan for the things that did not work the day before. And I'm, and that's what I do. And I do that for me and you're right. It's game changer. But that's the thing. Cause I, I, I see a lot of people will fill their time with, a lot of, like you said, those tasks that they've over committed to and, and going way wide versus going way deep. And I have to say, when I started doing this concept of rating my day at the end of the day and planning for the next day, and then starting what I mentioned earlier, that Monday hour one, Friday hour done, my income skyrocketed and not even that, but my energy skyrocketed. Because I was showing up 100% for that thing, like you said, versus going. And so I wasn't being depleted in these small random things. I was putting all of my energy to this like one task that I knew was going to get done. I will say also another thing that I did, which was game changer for me is I used to have this mindset of, I would start to feel anxious if like I had one call in the morning and then it was like, I had that one call at 10 AM. My whole day was wasted. That was my mindset of, I don't, I, I can't start to do something because I'll be in the flow and then I have to stop and jump on this call. Then when I'm done with the call, I'm not going to be able to go back because my energy, it was just like me trying to jump. So I just said, all right, you're literally going to have one day of calls. That's all you're going to focus on. You're going to schedule a day where you only have calls. And your schedule is going to be tight locked. If someone messages you and says, I need to reschedule. Sorry, you're going to have to reschedule next Tuesday. <laughs> like I have no other time in my schedule this week. You're going to have to just reschedule next Tuesday because I only do calls on that day. Yeah. And that's exactly the point over commitment. Like you can commit to things on your terms. Yes. That, that, and so that, that's the thing too, is you can commit to a lot of things. It just has to be on your terms. But if you're not managing your time, you're not managing your energy, you're not managing your reflections, you're not planning for the future, then you don't know what your terms are. So it's not a problem of committing to too much. It's committing with being blind. Like you've got no idea. Confused. Yeah. When you said it was a confusion problem, not a commitment problem, yeah. that was so spot on. And then I also feel people will think I'm confused, so I can't commit. I don't know what to do is, oh my God, that drives me insane. I don't know what to do. Just give me the step-by-step -step method. Tell me exactly what I need to do and I'll do it. All right, I'll tell you exactly what you need to do. Did you still do it? Right. No, 
you did not still do it. I don't know how many, you know, times I've planned things out with like clients and they come to the call the next week and they're like, no, like it's your responsibility. One last thing I wanted to add when you were talking, because you were saying going deep and I read T. Harv Eckers, a millionaire mindset book. I don't know if you've ever read that or not, but it's so good. And he had a phrase in there that has always stuck with me. And he said, the roots produce the fruits. And he used this analogy of a tree. And he was like, a lot of times, if the fruit is not great, you try to go and you prune it and you try to put more water on it. You try to do something, but you're not addressing the root and the roots are the deep. And so when you were saying they try to go wide, they don't try to go deep. He also was saying a lot of the times they'll just try and plant a new tree. No, Elvis tree dead. I'm just going to plant a new tree. <laughs> I mean, I, maybe I can try an orange tree instead of a lemon tree. And he was saying, no, the roots produce the fruits. You have to go down to the root, not any of the surface level problems. It has to be the root, which means you have to go deep. So when you were talking about that earlier, instead of going wide, going deep, it made me think about that. Like you have to get down to the root because the root is what produces the fruit and it's underground. It's a lot of the things that, that really do need to go deep and overcommit on going deep. So anyways, I just, I thought of that when you said that and I was like, oh yeah, I love the analogy of a tree and going deep. So I love all of this, Spencer. This was so good. This was so good. Is there anything, I have nothing to add to that because it was so good. So good. Awesome. All right. Can you tell everyone how they can find you and even what do you offer if anyone's interested? And working with you. Yeah. Yeah. You can go to spencerburnett.com slash brain jam and join my Facebook group. Mm-hmm. And that's where I go live and I share all my strategies of mindsets, relationships, system <laughs> to help companies that are growing rapidly be able to scale their business. So their incredible sales and marketing don't actually destroy their business. And so, yeah, yeah it, it, it happens. Um, And I got a full team of people that are in there and a great community that is uh, super supportive of helping you fill in the gaps of your business that most coaches don't really even talk about, which is time management, energy management, systems that are built around you. So spencerburnett.com slash brain jam, join our community and join the giant brain. I love that. I love brain jam. That's really cool. I love it. Okay. Awesome. Thank you, Spencer, so much for coming on. This was such a good episode. And um, for everyone listening, we will also drop those links in the show notes and uh, we will hope to see you next week on the No Fart Around Show. Bye. Thanks for listening to the No Fartin' Around Show. It's been an absolute blast making a big stink with you. If you find yourself gasping for more, then come join me over on my socials. Links are below. If you enjoyed this episode, don't fart and dart. Please leave a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Cheers to breaking wind, I mean barriers, and I'll see you in the next episode.